0: And welcome to this month's episode, which I am pleased to announce is actually an unlocked bonus episode from behind our Patreon paywall. For this, you can thank LED Queens who are sponsoring us this month. As well as giving you access to bonus content, they're also providing one bodysuit of the winner's choice for a uh, Patreon giveaway. If you want to be entered into the prize draw, simply sign up to our Patreon before... October 29th. Good luck, and I hope you enjoy this special bonus episode. Hello, and welcome again to the Kinky Boys podcast. You have tuned into one of our best bonus episodes. I'm Craig.
1: I'm Arzer. And I'm Buster.
0: (laughs) And today we're having a bit of fun. We're doing Scenes We'd Like to See. Where we will be going through both realistic and fantasy scenes we'd like to experience or inflict on someone else. Yeah. You better be ready. (laughs) (laughs) Some
1: of these are fucked up.
0: Oh yeah. And it's quite interesting because when we're listing them, we've got this big long document of them. We have a lot of overlap in some of them.
2: Yeah, I think I used up all the RAM on my iPad just holding the document
0: there we are so obviously warning heads up a lot of this stuff is dangerous and it's not stuff lots of this we won't actually ever do in real life like it's just too risky or the consent issues involved are too dodgy so most of this is just fantasy so that's a clear warning disclaimer right up top there but yeah shall we start at the top of the list yes so this is a nice, easy one, which is actually very doable. I've just never done it, which is a body painting or liquid latex scene.
2: So the, the great thing about this scene is you're right. It's accessible and you can do it. And it even overlaps with some of my kinks we'll talk about later, which is furry mm-hmm. stuff. Problem is always, and ironically, I know more about this than I ever wanted to, being a guy who 3D prints and paints D&D miniatures. Yes, I'm that much of a nerd. Mm -hmm. You've got to have good ventilation. You've got to have an open space. You've got to have a compressor. You know, there are all types of material safety things to observe. That's what keeps it from becoming a reality Mm -hmm. quite so much. But when those circumstances come together and the moon is full and everything works, it's really freaking amazing and looks great there actually used to be a kinky website called beast paint whose whole thing was guys airbrushed head to toe to look like various animals and having sex
0: oh nice hot nice because it
1: reminds me of the liquid latex pictures that were going around twitter a couple of years ago that were like uh, a guy like two drones forcing liquid latex into a pup's mouth and then he became, oh. like, a latex pup. Do you remember yeah, that? I've
0: seen them, yes.
1: And and it was just the most incredible thing. And, I mean, like, realistically, it, it would take, like, you can't force liquid latex into somebody's mouth. It would have had to have, I think they used a substitute to go in his mouth. But it was almost like that scene in in The Matrix where, like, Neo gets covered in that the mirror.
0: Oh, the, yeah, because I like,
1: keep... Yeah, that takes over his fingers, like, yeah. that... Body change kind of Mm. kink that you're being forcibly invaded. I like that.
0: Oh yeah, that that's a big part of it. It's like it's this really aesthetic thing because you see a lot of people where they do the metallic paint, so like they have a full silver body and it just looks amazing. I actually developed this kink or this fascination with it, not from an openly kinky video. So it was from a bodybuilder doing sort of like a prank challenge on YouTube. But they got loads of packets of those charcoal face masks, (laughs) the types that are meant to, (laughs) like, clear your pores.
2: I I think I know where this is Uh, going. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which are very hard to remove. And basically what they did is they got a ton of those packets and covered the bodybuilder just head to toe in them. And obviously the prank was he then has to peel it off, which has its own appeal because, like, I love seeing muscle guys, like, in pain. Like that's one of the things where my rare Sage yeah. side gets pulled out. Like
2: that's because they look like they can take it. You you kinda want to dish it out.
0: Oh yeah. Like I love just uh watching YouTube videos of huge bodybuilders getting like deep tissue massages from tiny people. Just because like the size <laughs> difference of this small person just digging their thumbs in making them scream, like gets to me. But yeah, that's uh, where the comments
1: whole... at my clinic.
0: Oh. A pay per view. But yes, that's that's where the whole like liquid latex thing actually began for me, minus the furry porn, which we will get into later.
1: I feel like this is like, everyone has this to a degree where it's like, how many people put PVA glue on hmm. their hand back in like primary school and, and peel it off. it off? Oh. Yeah. And like, I feel like that making something smooth and then ruining it is like... Hmm. Make, making something nice and ruining it, and the act of ruining it is so like it's so fundamental to so many of my kinks. It's like it's take a, a beautiful thing and influence. ruin it, yeah, and take 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 a nice tight hole and just ruin it so it just hangs open. Nice,
0: yeah, and it. I mean, this ties in with another kink I want to try is uh, just like full body veet. So I am a bear. I am into bears. I quite like body hair. I especially like my own hair. But, like, it's that thing, again, of ruining something beautiful. It's like you're taking this big, masculine, hairy guy and just stripping him of this signifier.
1: Yeah, like, why do you think I got into head shaving?
0: Yeah. Hmm.
1: Like, head shaving was, like, something that I seem to have developed a name for myself for a while ago (laughs) in the scene, even though it was, like... Two, three guys, I shaved their heads, but they went from like these absolutely beautiful guys who everyone in the scene wanted to be or wanted to be with, Mm -hmm. and it just ruined them. Like beards off, hair off, like these perfect boys just suddenly ruined. And like for both of them and for me, it was quite it was quite an interesting like growing experience Mm -hmm. because for them they had to learn how to live when people cross the street to avoid you instead of you being like the epitome of like attractiveness Mm. and for me like that kind of stuff takes like a lot of aftercare you're then guiding somebody into this fucked up world of like what if what if you don't get special treatment because you're beautiful
0: i love it we start off saying we just do the light stuff and then we're getting into changing people's whole world yeah, it's kind of a Zen Buddhist <laughs> so, thing.
2: It's like, learn yeah. to live with loss now for a week. <laughs> well, th- this
1: is the thing, right? Like, because like I-, I make no bones about my politics on this show. And, like, I'm quite explicitly, like, punk and activist and socialist and, like, Anything that we can do that perverts the the society's orders, like getting into a queer relationship by default, we, we're kind of already bending societal expectations. And then, therefore, it's so much easier to be poly or open or like to get involved in all sorts of scenes because we're naturally convergent from society's expectations. And being able to play with that and recognize that and to 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 twist that and to experience both sides of society's coin. like I don't think many people get to do that.
0: No, not at all. And it, 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 it's really like some debts you can really plumb, pun intended. <laughs> so, okay, so I'm eager to get to this one. Shall we talk about uh, the next one on the list, which is forced to be mm. a cuckolding bull? Oh,
1: okay. yeah. great. You it's are current. gonna moo as we suction yeah. your nipples. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> You've got the no, no. You're talking about the literal like bull boy <laughs> fancy, which that's something else. This is to do with so cuckolding term. The bull is the male partner who is helping the dom. Wait, let me put in a note to edit because I'm going to have to edit this. So so essentially in cuckolding you have the cuck the hot partner typically called a hot wife and the bull who is basically there like to replace yeah. the
1: sub right yeah
0: yeah so i've used the wrong terminology here it's not cuckolding bull it's hot wife but yeah so the idea is a bull comes in the dom comes in and essentially in a scene forces me or makes me sort of talk about how he's better than my husband. And it's sort of like edging scenes or punishment scenes where it's like pulled out of me. Like an interrogation where like, the goal is I have to basically have a for, And it's like, no, no, my husband is the best person I've ever slept with. My husband is the love of my life. There is no man before him. And the Dom the basically... Yeah, comes in yeah. to break that.
2: Yeah, and so says he here, have a sample a of my cuck. product.
0: Yes, exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. A oh, of this fine product I can provide your husband cannot.
0: <laughs> exactly.
2: Like, how how does that work? How does
1: having that kink work into your relationship with your husband in general?
0: Um. Well, the cucks into it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so right. Simply,
2: okay. and this is I. I I I have to jump in here because actually my boy Bailey has developed something of a cuckolding thing Mm -hmm. and he likes it when I talk about other boys I've had over scenes we've done that he wasn't in Mm -hmm. and we've even put into uh, our dungeon at home a camera. So he can watch sometimes from his iPad from the room and see what I'm doing with other people. We let them know, of course. And so he, he gets to be on the sidelines and observe it through the tablet while I'm having my fun in the other room and he gets off on it.
1: I find this so interesting. Like, Cuck is one of those fantasies that, like, is is so, like, for a long time, it was so straight. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that in the gay scene, we really kind of, like had a way for cucks to like express that and then all of a sudden like cucking became like much more mainstream a lot more people talking about it and yeah i think that being being a cuck i think that a lot of people until they're actually with somebody like they don't get it until they're with somebody who's into it Mm -hmm. And then just like the second they're able to try it, like when you've got a boyfriend who likes being cut and you realize like, Oh wait, yeah, this is fun. Like, Oh yeah. This is, this is real fun. There's a lot that we can do with this. Like.
0: And, and it goes also back to that whole thing of destroying expectations. like, you're basically going in and destroying sort of the fairy tale view of relationships. Mm.
2: Yeah. It, it deconstructs that whole ever faithful 1950s housewife type of thing and mm-hmm. gets it all saucy and steamy.
1: Yeah. But I wonder, like, how it comes across to gay relationships. Because so often, like, that, that, that. It's there to kind of break down and provide a way of doing like femdom, essentially, in straight relationships where societally the man is the dominant figure and then obviously a stronger man is brought in. And I, I feel like cuck in the gay world is one of those kind of interesting, it's almost like, okay, we've taken this and we've made it our own but how does this work out in terms of like how we think about our relationships as gay men and, and to then have like, Oh, actually it, kind of, if you've got a John top who wants to cuck his boyfriend, then what you get, you're just sleeping around, right? You're just bringing in another sub. It's not quite the same. There needs to be that power switch in order oh, for yeah. it to work. Like I don't, Like if I was to get, yeah, if I was to get, another guy in to the house to fuck me and to be like, yeah, I I, I can be verse, but I'm not verse for you. You'll never, you, you never get this.
0: Yeah. Like, I definitely think there's a correlation between how it's taken off in the sort of the gay world and the sort of normalization of gay marriage. Like, I don't think that's a coincidence.
2: Yeah, to be properly cuckolded, there is that sort of marriage dynamic. Otherwise, it's just sort of, you know, fun back and forth with a bunch of people. There has to be that perceived bond you're transgressing or breaking.
0: Oh, yeah. Like so much of it relies in sort of the dirty talk of it, like literally verbalizing things that are typically taboo to say. Yeah. And of course, like it's got built in humiliation especially like if you like involve the other partner
2: yeah it, it's it's one of those things where i don't know how to put it but it's almost like a willful breaking of societal conditioning that people find anxiety producing rather than going hey you know someone's cheating on me it's like hey it's really hot that sexy stuff is going in and going on and I am somehow connected to it and there's no pressure on me other than just to sit back and enjoy the show there's that dimension to it too
1: yeah I mean that must be intriguing to so many guys because otherwise strip clubs wouldn't exist like this whole idea about not being able to touch—you have to stand with your, sit with your hands up. In, I can't think of anything less sexy than being forced to stand there, uh, sit there with my hands up to show that I'm not touching, while a naked girl gyrates on my lap. But this is like obviously really intriguing to so many people. Like that oh, yeah. lack of control—you just sit Good back hand. and there's no pressure. <laughs>
2: And, and I think also, for some subs, I think this is part of it for Bailey, is that mm-hmm. it, asser- it sort of underscores the masculinity of your partner. If they're the bull, and they're going off and fucking other submissives while you watch, it sort of, it, it sort of emphasizes that whole, you're the alpha, you get to you know, plant your seed wherever you want, and I, the submissive, will watch deferentially. For him, I think that enters into it.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. It, like, there's a lot at play. There's obviously pride, masculinity, the taboo of breaking a relationship. Well, not breaking, but sort of breaking the rules of a relationship. Yeah. And, and so much of it is, again, just in the phrasing because we as gay men tend to, a lot of us tend to have open relationships or monogamish relationships, all because. You know, we've been allowed to play out society's rules for so long. So when we try, yeah. it, it's an interesting dynamic. It's it's interesting
2: that we've had to color so far outside the lines for so long. That now that we can color inside the lines, we're like, but the outsides where the cool creative stuff happens mm-hmm. inside the lines is is really jacketing and not in the fun way.
1: Yeah, but that's when we fuck it up. I really <laughs> like the idea about having like a, a double date kind of situation where you've got one Dom... Partner and three submissive partners or like two couples and essentially the 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 dom fucks whoever he wants and fucks uh, the, the 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 two submissive the two most submissive ones watch while the 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 dom fucks whoever his partner his the other more dominant one of the of the other couple and then the two subs just, like, kneeling on the floor with their hands behind their back, watching as oh, their yeah. alpha performs. The,
0: the the sort of hierarchy thing is very hot, and I've done that before. I've basically been tied down and used as a mattress while the Dom fucks his main sub, like, inches from my face, and that was really fucking hot.
1: See, I really like the, the idea, like, kind of... Talking about that that almost that bull kind of thing of just like being the Dom over a you you have a sub top and a sub bottom and then an orchestrator who is the dom so the sub top might be bound like on or like on all fours for example or like in a in a bitch kind of position. So like elbow, like on elbows and knees with like forearms bound to the shoulders and, and like ankles bound to the thighs. And then it's just like, okay, get up on that sub and fuck it. And like Uh. forcing his face or forcing his face into the other guy's ass. So you have these two, like a sub top and a sub bottom and just like, right. I get to decide what happens here. And it's almost like a reverse cuck where it's Mm. like, I don't need to put my dick in you to fuck the both of you.
0: Yeah. Have you seen uh, Master Dart's videos where he literally ties up two guys, one standing, one lying down, and forces them to fuck one another by basically positioning the guy standing and spanking him so he thrusts in?
1: Oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, spank harder for more of a thrust, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's hot. I'm, I, I could do that. I could get down with that.
0: So, yeah. Shall we move on to the next one, which Arza, I believe, is your domain?
1: Let's hit that furry button, boys.
2: Yes, furry stuff, I would say, is, is definitely my, my bailiwick and my go-to. There are a lot of fantasy scenes that do happen, obviously, all the time, as evidenced by the pictures I see pouring out on Twitter from COG this past week or two, including, and I won't name names, but you'll you'll see their Twitter feeds. People dressed in full hyena suits with, like, skin-tight, you know, lycra uh, pattern to look like mm-hmm. fur, pissing on people in piss pits and mass overposition scenes where six subs lined up and got something like, what was it, four or five, you know, gelatin eggs per ass. So it, there's, I'm not going to lie, we furries party hard. But there are bigger scenes that we all kind of want to see happen. And the problem is always venues. And there's been a lot of that in San Francisco where either the venues have closed because the bars are not that which they used to be back in the, you know, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Or it's just plain, you know, businesses don't know what to make of the people coming in there. It's kind of still a a wonder that frolic happens. And that's mostly a a dance party with uh, some kinky edges to it. But large scale furry scenes for me of everyone in like matching pet suits. And for those unfamiliar on on the podcast, listener side, pet suits are these like printed full body skin tight sort of Lycra spandex type suits that are all patterned to look like fur and they really show off your body very nicely and they add that animal aspect and a lot of people finish it with like a rubber hood or a leather hood, something animalistic, uh, paws, boots, the whole nine yards. I would love to see another big venue, just have a party of people kitted out like that. You know, St. Andrew's crosses, slings, bondage tables floating and anchored the whole nine yards for like a mass group of furries in coordinating gear, because that's the other part of it is that usually at these events that do happen in real life, everyone brings their own gear. It's kind of like, well, I'm into this, I'm into this, I'm into this. The part of this that will keep it a fantasy forever is that it is literally like herding cats in some cases, literal cats is that I would love to see it themed so that everyone matches up and it's consistent. Maybe it's just like the OCD part of my brain that's going, well, you're in a big furry suit. You're in a rubber suit. You're in a a Lycra suit. I would love to see that in a big space like the Citadel or something. Just like, here's the theme night. Here's the gear. Here's what's on the menu if you want to wear it. No, we're not letting people freeform as much. And we're going to do like this big organized furry kink scene with consistent gear. Maybe that's just me trying to, like, orchestrate everyone else, but I'm a dom, so bite me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, that does sound awesome. And it's like, it's one of those things where, like, it's just about feasible, but, like, the volunteer numbers and the logistics of setting up the location and affording the gear is, you know, it's not realistic for most people.
2: And and that's the thing is that it's not like the laws of physics stop a lot of the things we talk about. It's more like the laws of economics and, you know, social behavior. But, you know, a bear can dream. Sooner or later, something's going to break out that I'm going to be a part of. Lord knows I've been stuck in enough other fun scenes. But in terms of something that themed and organized, I don't know, you know, sh- short of like mass hypnosis, I don't know that I could make it happen.
0: Well, I mean... <laughs> That's fun in itself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Actually, that's like most furry art these days: is you are a dog now. Go over there, drone three. <laughs> but yeah, that would that would add an extra added angle, as if everyone got hypnotized or something at the door before they came in to get in the right mindset. Check your oh, brain at the door. That,
0: that would be hot. Like, like hypnosis to induce certain mindsets is. A really fun little tool in the toolbox I found. So
2: Especially with willing people. I think I think I've mentioned on the podcast I'm Polly and I'm actually dating a really sweet new sub. He's absolutely wonderful, especially because he's so suggestible. Like there are times we'll be like trying to get a chastity cage on him, he'll say, Can you please stop talking? Your deep voice is giving me an erection. And I'm like, Well, <laughs> Guess, guess I still got it, but he—he is so so easy to put under. He—he's like my first starter hypnosis kit right there. So he's—he's been a lot of fun, and he's—he's just been great.
0: Ah, that's awesome. But yeah, that is a fun sort of fantasy, especially around like I really like the idea of uh, sort of all the matching outfits, like. I have a thing for removing individuality so like everyone having to wear the same sort of submissive outfits and looking alike that that really gets me. See that's that's what I'm thinking is
2: like base gear and then like maybe just you know differentiations in animal types but all like all consistently rubber or all consistently lycra or all consistently with like animal gas masks and stuff like that but it's just so hard to get everyone to agree on that kink and to be as into it. Filling up like the citadel with nothing but that—that—that that, that could be literally the work of a lifetime. You still might not pull it off.
1: See, I have this mental picture from all of this. I've just been like, for one, I was taken back to one of the visuals in the "We Will Rock You" Queen musical, where all of the like they design dance moves on a computer for people to do, like, oh, this is the dance moves that the crowd will do, and they're all, like, amorphous blob humans, like, thousands by a square, all moving in perfect unison. And that set me off onto the idea of a thousand drones, Mm -hmm. all with, like, military drill precision on, like, coming back to that thing about being the orchestrator being the one that oversees the chaos and the order, just like military drill, but with adopting positions, with a thousand drones square all adopting the submissive head down, arms out in front position, <laughs> exposing themselves. Every single drone at once unzipping their back zip and pulling their cheeks wide for inspection. Okay. Take, take so in you could have a line. Light- I was going to say the, have a line of drones all, or like all bottoms where their ass is open and then at perfect timing, uh, a group of top, like 100 tops in a perfect line, march up, stop, unzip and penetrate all at the same time on
2: command. I, I, I was going to say, aside from that, you could go the Oprah route. You could say there is a box in front of you. Open the box. There's a dildo. Now sit on it. All in precision. All of them, row after row. <laughs> you, row one, you, right? get dildo, you get, it you till get that. a tilde, you get a tilde. <laughs> <that. laughs> <laughs> somewhere oh, somewhere else looks- like going, Can we sue these people for <laughs> <laughs> Well I
1: I was thinking like the way that they organized the Olympic the twenty twelve Olympics like opening ceremony that was really well choreographed for all the kind of like so many different scenes of like English life. They had like a really profound click track. And the idea of all these drones on a click track and they have instructions and then a click track. And like, so everyone, like each of them have headphones in and then have an iPod, like an old iPod tucked into their rubber somewhere and they all hit play at the same time. And there's a click track and instructions so that everyone moves at the same time. Everyone performs an action. Like, if you had loads and loads of them, you could all perform... Like, you could give them some autonomy, but they have to do it in time. So you might have a group of drones all fucking and another group of drones fisting, but they're doing it at the Like, each stroke is done at the same time. And like, then you record the actual scene with no, so you can't hear the click track. You can't hear the instructions. You just hear silence and movement and rubber squeaking. How creepy and hot is that at the same time? (laughs) It's never going to happen, but it's just like that edge of like unsettling, but also kind of horny.
2: You know, I would probably go more the Apple uh, 1984 commercial and just have some like ominous, you know, obey, consume type voice. I think that would be a great background.
1: That's kind of your, your, your but it, like that's more of your mass brainwashing kind mm. of scene. I think we're going to talk about that later anyway.
2: Oh,
0: yeah, definitely. Once we'll we come back. That. Let's
1: put a pin in the 1,000 drones square <laughs> <laughs> and come back to it later.
0: Okay, so let's reduce down the scope back to one person. We're back to me, and it's, I want to try a teddy bear bitch suit. I want to be stuffed into a giant teddy bear and objectified that way. So I
1: mean, you already have been.
0: Well, I've been objectified, but I've never put in like a literal teddy bear suit
1: surely your body is a teddy bear suit
0: oh totally.
2: yeah it's it's very doable and it's been done in furry Mm -hmm. a few times where Mm -hmm. they take the teddy bear and they'll take like a real off-the-shelf teddy bear like one of the giant ones where they're like it's three times the size of the kid yeah and usually there's a seam ripper involved and some other stuff the guys who are more hardcore about it will actually be stitched into the suits as opposed to installing a zipper so that even if they want out, it's it's a, a challenge. There are, of course, health and safety problems with that, though, which push some of the more extreme things, like you said, into utter fantasy, because you've got to worry about hydration and breathing yeah. and messy organic things, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, oh, this is the sci-fi fantasy stuff, isn't it? <laughs> They're like, oh, just tubes. We can organize breathing through tubes. <laughs>
2: Just like the internet
1: it's a of tubes. <laughs> yeah, we just we just catheterize before we put you in. And like a and and a catheter and we've got problems sorted. <laughs> but like what do you envision like when you think about being stuffed into a teddy bear bitch suit? Like, first of all, do you envision just like going in as is, or do you envision being restrained and then stuffed in? you envision being a willful participant or being having that control taken away from you
0: so it's very much having the control taken away from me it's the sort of okay i've decided you will now be my toy so i am going to like bound you up like so you can't use your limbs properly and stuff you into this giant toy suit and like zip you up lock you in And I will hug you and talk down to you like you're like I'm a kid talking to a teddy bear. Like I'll have people round and you're not allowed to move. So everyone just thinks you're just a teddy bear in the corner.
2: Yeah, it's it's you're seen but not seen and you're restrained and no one's letting you out.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of the standard sort of objectification fantasies with, you know, being a literal toy.
1: Okay, okay. Rather than kind of like anything explicitly sexual going on. Like I've seen people being stuffed into suits with like vibrators inside or like, and but they're gagged so that they can't make a noise. But like occasionally they'll like shake in the corner and people are just like, is that a teddy bear move?
0: <laughs> oh, oh, that's fun too. Like stuck in vibrators. I've seen a lot of people who like do these in real life actually have a crotch, crotch zip so someone can be, like, wet edged while they're in the suit.
1: So that so was it, what I was yeah. thinking, like, there's that, like, being edged doesn't seem to fit that
2: objectification thing.
0: I'm open to that as well. It's sort of everything's on the table with this.
2: Well,
0: not literally <laughs> everything, but...
2: Yeah. You can make it depersonalizing, too, yeah. by just simply, like, the lovens toys that everyone bought during the pandemic, <laughs> got to keep using those because everyone's got a drawer full of teledildonics at this point. You can use those and other stuff.
0: Oh, I've mm-hmm. made good use of mine still.
2: <laughs> I, I think a lot of us in my poly family tried them early on and went and yeah, it's like some of those commercials from our childhood. Ain't nothing like the real thing, baby.
0: No, it's not yeah. the um, cam boys who got this paid sponsorship and were like writhing on the floor. Though so yeah. I do have yeah. to say Mine, I do have to say, I am quite impressed with the vibration on it. Like, not to that extent, but it's noticeable.
2: I, I found ways to take one of mine. I got one of those a remote control masturbators, and I found a way to mount it on a swing arm in my dungeon as serve of a milking solution that can be remotely <laughs> controlled. And keep in mind, camera in my dungeon for when I need to monitor things and I'm not there. So that opens up mm. some interesting you know, why don't we just hoist you by your own petard for a while scenes where I'm controlling the vibration and the suction and stuff and monitoring the response. So it's, they can be used for a variety of other things, we'll say, you know, use common household teledildonics you find around your common household.
0: You Mm. have literally just um, lit up a core memory of back in the early days of internet porn, Academy Men.
2: I I remember the name. It's been a long time, though, and my brain isn't what it used to be.
0: They did a lot of really good sort of prisoner and uniform-based videos, but they're also famous for, like, a lot of elaborate setups. Like, and one of their most famous videos was The Collector, where a guy basically got put into a bondage chair with a rigged up remote control, like milking machine. Keeping in mind, this was like the late 90s, early 2000s. So like remote control teledonics were not a thing. And put in a giant glass display case in the guy's living room. And he was just like, oh, I've got my remote. I'll put it on while I'm making dinner and like... It was so hot. It's
2: exactly the type of sci-fi pervish mm-hmm. stuff that gets me going.
1: I am genuinely, I just looked at it and on this vid, there's a whole bunch of Academy Men stuff and it looks mm-hmm. fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, even more so kind of like post-BLM and like, it's basically like police guys and army guys torturing people.
0: Oh yeah, that that was the whole thing fucked about up.
1: it. yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of like, do I like it? I don't know yet. We'll have a look later. <laughs> so while we're on the topic of like forcibly changing people's appearance by like start- and objectifying them, I have a thing for forced workouts. I think we've mentioned in the past. It's, it's not a, a a strange, it won't be a surprise to anyone. I'm a, a fitness professional and I've been working with athletes and other clients for a very long time now and working like having forced workouts i always think like a lot of people hit me up on recon and they're just like oh i like forced workouts and it's like
0: they just want a personal trainer
1: you want a personal (laughs) trainer for free and like i think a lot of guys who think that like the fantasy of forced workout is very very different from the reality and i think the reality i find hotter than the fantasy i don't like the idea of like standing there with a crop and hitting it. like I mean, I'll do it. If it gets more reps out of somebody else. But realistically, like forced workout is something that it's a six month scene. If you're going to do it properly, if you do one and it's like, okay, great. What did you create? Nothing. I want to create, I want to take this twink and create a ripped boy out of it. So that then I can use it, and I know I made that like we we're talking it's about like construction earlier. yeah it's like it, it, well it 's creative, and it 's like okay i 've got this skill set, but you need to know not just about lifting, but you need to know about nutrition, you need to think about right, okay, well, in this situation, I need to enforce the amount of sleep that you get, and so therefore we have like phone down time we have lights out time we have like okay so now i'm taking over more and more control of your life in order to for us to achieve what we both want from this and it's like one workout isn't doing shit it's just a way a a way of almost like a predicament for me of finding ways to hit you and you're finding ways of being hit which means that the emphasis then is on you failing I say failure is a good thing when you're lifting like if you can do 10 reps and not get punished then you have not pushed hard enough like we have not selected the right weight for you if you fail to fail then you're being punished if you don't take a weight that's big enough for you then you're being punished if you fail to find motivation I will create that motivation for you And and almost like having this life altering presence in someone's life where it's like, right, I will, like, I use exercise software as part of my work, which we can, the idea is that like patients can feed back like, oh, I did this exercise and it was really painful. And then we can twist things a little bit. But I use it as a way of setting, right, okay, you have to check off that you've done this exercise. Because I cannot be with them four days a week when when they want to work out every single time. I cannot be with them every time they eat to make sure they're not cuddling snacks, but to make sure that they've got a 500-calorie surplus so they actually grow. Like, it's like, okay, we're planning in advance. These are your meals for the next week. You are not permitted to eat anything apart from what is on here. Here are your permissible snacks in between this, but you have to earn them. So if you're going to do these snacks, each snack has an amount of cardio associated with it in order to counter that snack so that you have, a, you have a clean or as close to a clean bulk as you can. That is, we don't have to fuck around like, I like chonky boys, but if we're creating sculpture out of a human being, we want it to emerge sculpted. Mm. And Toko and I did this for a long time. I think it was about eight months. And Toko went from being super skinny and all ribs to being quite chonk.
0: Oh, yeah. His like, upper he, back he was, and traps were yeah. brilliant.
1: Yeah. Like, he, he had a lot going on. And we do, like I really focused on, like, from that perspective, it's like, okay, you have altered sense of your body. So, therefore, I'm taking control of it. And when you've got something like uh, gender dysphoria, working with trans guys in general, it's just like, oh, actually, there's enormous power here to have a positive influencing mm-hmm. effort on the on this person's life. But sometimes you just have to take so much control to do that, and with that comes a responsibility with it. A okay, responsibility yeah, I just on both parts. Love yeah, yeah, I it's, mean, it's, it's, it, it's just like, okay, you're go on. Other.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, the trainer takes responsibility for the other person's progress, but the other person has to take responsibility for taking those instructions to heart seriously, not just, I go to the gym when it's convenient, and I say I'm in that dynamic. It really has to be a lockstep, no, seriously. You're doing this every day without fail until your orders change.
1: Yeah, like- and like then having this situation where the sub is like completely bought into their own change where every order is like you, you can tweak something on that list of standing orders and it's like yes sir and it gets done and like that complete like military level obedience which i think is quite rare these days in like especially the guys that message me about forced workouts is like something gets like the, the, uh, their are messaging because they want to work out, but they don't have the discipline to. And actually it's like, no, you need to cultivate the discipline first before you come to somebody asking for a forced workout. And like to be able to carry that on for six months and to be able to be that committed to the project that you both share, you both have to invest a huge amount of time and energy in that.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, this is actually making me think of Hollywood actors. I forget who it oh, was. Oh, they're the I th-
1: king of it.
0: Yeah. I think like, it, um, it was Wolverine,
1: the Rock. Hugh Yeah. He gains, gains and shreds. He shreds and then will pile on weight and then shred again. And yeah, they basically have, they, they hire a whole a team. lifestyle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They have coaches, live in chefs who prepare all their meals like this very specific dietary requirements they basically have a whole team around them entirely dedicated to transforming their body in very short amounts of time
1: and it's possible like it's really possible to do it's not necessarily healthy but like you have to do yeah. that if you want to take somebody who's thin and shredded and make them fat it is real effort if we're trying mm-hmm. to make a twink into a like a muscle god over the course of five years like for that first like six months like in order to make like their stomach is not going to be big enough to have enough calories mm. like okay open your mouth you have not met your calorie goals for today and i'm pouring a set like i'm measuring out olive oil for the calories that you need <laughs> and i'm pouring it down your throat and you will swallow and like, uh, that, is, that awesome. is what bodybuilders yeah, but that's what bodybuilders do. They'll supplement with olive oil. Like if you make your shake and it's not got enough calories in, you add a sp- like a couple of tablespoons of olive oil to bulk to add to the calorific content.
2: Uh, ironically, like- I've I've heard this in the opposite context from gainers, and and this is mm-hmm. yeah. this is a weird story. When I was living in Massachusetts for a while, we had we some furry like neighbors who were gainers and feeders,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and. Dead of night, they go, can we borrow your blender? Interesting (laughs) request in the dead of night. I'm like, well, I'll bite. Why do you need my blender? They went, we're making a cake shake. I went, what, like ice cream and milk? No, you take cake batter and then you blend in olive oil and you do all this other stuff and you make the other person drink it. And I'm like, just clean it before you bring it back. Just enjoy or or don't or whatever. I love that
1: idea. Like pouring it out, like the smooth, slick, sticky, like, but also like silky gunge. Basically, you pour it in somebody's mouth, and then like it pours down their dick, and like they're dripping, and that's lube.
0: Oh yeah, like yeah. that's not for so...
1: penetration, for jerking off, <laughs> but still. <laughs> So- Let me tell you, my boyfriend is downstairs and I just <laughs> caught like, there's a little bit of a mirror next to me and I can see out of the window to, to, to the living room downstairs. And I just got, he just shot me the weirdest look that I've ever seen. Judge listeners, I am being judged. Rightly so. I mean, this, I is,
0: re-
2: this is, is, this is reminding us of something. podcast brought to you by Duncan Hines, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> well, We're I not mean- brought to you by Duncan Hines.
0: <laughs> this reminds me of something that actually happened to me, which is, so, I'm, I like feeding scenes. For one of my birthdays, I got strapped down into an iron bondage chair and force-fed birthday cake, which oh, was yeah, awesome, was. but I have to say, it was also very dry. I could yeah, not make enough saliva to
1: you need pepper. Cheesecake. <laughs> cheesecake. Why do you and think hysteria. I'm into cheesecake? I make and New York
2: hysteria. cheesecakes
0: this, this gave me a stand. great
2: idea for my 50th birthday. What I need to do is I need to have a sub in full gear kneeling with my cake and holding my milk or cocktail or whatever all through the party. It's just like, you don't mind the furniture. It's the cake table. stand. <laughs> it's, it's the cake stand, yes. It's well, the end table that holds things for you.
0: But yeah, this gets into fantasy for me because... My fancy would actually be able to like have a feeding scene with actual dairy products again, which I can't. I mean, do. If you're into Saskatchewan, oh,
2: that's real sadism. It's like you're going to eat this without lactate, bitch. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, that's that, as somebody that's uh, like allergic to dairy like that's where the cheesecake thing called falls down because i want to eat the cheesecake as well (laughs) but like being able to force a guy's face into trifle that was i think like that was one of the things that once again i made a name for myself like the cheesecake and the trifle Mm -hmm. and then like Um, having other guys lick it off their face and it's like how can you create something that the world can see where people can go like hey that's that's hot. <laughs> like, I wasn't into that until I just saw it on the front page of Recon. <laughs> that's hot. And this is why we do the Kinky Boys podcast.
0: Exactly. I mean, Corrupting you're missing innocent. out the fact that you also fucked a Swiss roll, but... That never <laughs> happened. I deny it. <laughs> the internet I, they, is forever.
1: Yes, uh, you have that saved, right? I, I have it saved somewhere. But I didn't start that anyway. Because it was the pumpkin to begin with, and then it was the Mm. Quesarito. And it was only because I can't even remember the guy's name now. Because since I've not been on Twitter, all the furries' names have escaped me. It's only because that guy fucked a Quesarito. Because he he got drunk and said, like, oh, if I get 100 likes Uh. on this, I'll fuck a a Taco Bell Quesarito. (laughs) And then he had to do it. But the video was, uh, like, it was just terrible. I mean, it was tragic.
2: There's now pumpkin fucking season in the furry fandom. I kid you not. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course around so, right. Hally, yeah. Yeah. All the art. Yeah. It's like, here's two orcs fucking a pumpkin from two different angles. And then people oh, start posting in okay. real life. Here's me in my fursuit with a pumpkin. Yeah. So there's a, but still that a was human like... pyramid of pumpkins to fuck.
0: I mean, I much prefer the pumpkin crushing between the thighs season.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: but you always have been a
1: fan of the dummy thick boys.
0: Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> that I think that's a good segue into the next thing, which is muscle worship.
1: Oh, I love it. Uh, I love having a boy. Like, this is the thing. I'm not into stank, right? Mm-hmm. Like, stank, Like I like to be clean, and I like my boys to be clean. I like order, yeah? And it's like, okay, we have weird meat that we're going to slap into each other, but we can try and control this in some way. But having a guy lick my pits clean and lick my feet clean, like my calves mm-hmm. are not small. So like recently uh, I had a boy over who's into feet and he worshipped my feet and he fellated my, my feet and I i face fucked him with my foot and then he worked his way up my calves and he worshipped my leg muscles He came up and he cleaned my pits and worshipped my biceps. And it's like, you know what? I've worked really hard for this body. I have eaten a lot of cake and I have, like, lifted a lot of weight. And between the two of them, we have this wonderful construction of muscle and fat. And Mm -hmm. it deserves to be worshipped. And in that moment, I was like, this isn't my fetish at all, but it also is.
0: Oh, yeah. I have kind of done muscle worship where it was a wonderful threesome with a couple. And one of the couple was like this huge guy, like ex-bodybuilder. He had like got out of it for a while. But Mm -hmm. after we did most of the play, he went off for a shower because we was in a hotel room. And his partner said, okay, you should go into the shower with him. And I'm like, what? Why? It's like, trust me, you'll have a lot of fun. And he made me soap him up and, like, get into all the crevices and just, like, have Ooh. all that big, thick muscle in my hand. And it was amazing. And I want to do a full muscle worship suit now.
2: Mm. Oh, you got a taste. Now you're hooked. Mm-hmm. That's how they get you.
0: Because it's like, I like all body types, really. But there is something about the whole muscle thing where it's, like, worshipping them because... It is really hard to get to that size. As we've just discussed, it takes massive amounts of effort and like orienting your life around that. So to then be made to sort of praise that and worship it is really hot. It ties into the whole arrogance thing.
1: it takes a lot more than just effort to get that size this is something that we always have to be like clear about which is to go like if you want to lift clean you're never going to achieve the level of muscle that you might fantasize about and i find it kind of tragic sometimes seeing guys like i see a lot of guys who are lifters and they rupture tendons or ligaments that have been fundamentally weakened by taking years worth of steroids Mm -hmm. and what's kind of driven them is like almost like a real insecurity because they the more they pay attention to their body the more body focused they are and I think it's one of those traps and kind of like when we talk about we always talk like talk about the risk and risk mitigation with this kind of thing Mm -hmm. and when you really get into muscle worship it's very easy to become very body focused the point where you kind of forget who you are everything becomes about oh it rotates around the gym and getting the next goal and actually when that might have originally started with how do we make this dynamic awesome and like yeah. how do I make this relationship I have with this this sub to be amazing becomes like oh actually in order it started off with them trying to please me and now it's that they, they they become obsessed with making their body look a certain way in an unhealthy way. And, body
2: like,
1: dysmorphia, yeah, and and like yeah. especially like when I was talking earlier about like doing this with trans guys, it's something that becomes like oh wait, like it's almost it's almost like societal poison, but in the other way where you go no 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 no, you, you, your worth is not tied to your body shape.
0: Yeah, yeah. like. I have to say I've never met anyone with a like full-blown muscle fetish that didn't also have noticeable dysmorphia in the rest of their life. Mm. Which, yeah. you know, I, I don't like to over-sudden analyze people's fetish. Well, who am I telling? I started a podcast about it. But I don't like to judge people for it. <laughs> but I do think it is worth noticing how muscle worship and muscle fetish – does often intersect with the more negative sort of body dysmorphic issues.
1: I guess it's 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 something to be
2: aware of.
0: Yeah,
1: Yeah, you have to, like, take into account that, like, if you've got this certain type of personality, then it might be worth, like, giving that kind of fetish a bit of a birth. And Mm. it's the same, like, with, with... depend on whatever type of personality you have like if you've got an addictive personality there are some things that you know you just like i shouldn't do that (laughs) that's probably a bad idea and 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 knowing if you're particularly prone to like body dysmorphia to to like get in deep with that can actually enhance your like the amount of time you spend thinking about your body and the same thing happened with me when I was lifting. I was obsessed with my six pack and oh. constantly feeling it. And just go like, actually, I've been so much happier since I got gut because like I don't have to give a fuck. I've got loads of muscle underneath it, but like I don't have to give a fuck anymore.
0: Yeah, it's very it's a healthy balance.
1: Yeah, I mean, my heart rate doesn't agree, my blood pressure doesn't agree, <laughs> and we'll have to find we'll have to find a balance the other way, but. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah, again, the key word there being balance. It's about yeah. finding a nice middle ground.
2: Hmm.
1: And like one of those nice things to do though, like rather than kind of like having it as like a full blown muscle, like total captivating experience is inspection. Just check out my segways. Like one of the things I love to do, especially if I'm playing with somebody for the first time is we have a big wooden dining table. With metal legs, and I have uh, a while ago I made a bondage board specifically to fit on that. So it's a big bondage board with a with a foam cover, and then it's it's covered in leather. And I get guys on all fours in a dog position on the table, so it's like crups, and that way they display themselves. They, I see what's coming into my house. I get to inspect what's what is like. Guy comes into my house, get naked before, like, you shut the door behind you, and before you take a step, I expect you to be naked. And then I have yeah, done that. Yeah, start naked. You come through, you get on the table, display. And like, that's an amazing time to just like start. Okay, you walk in the door, no chit-chat, straight away, we're into a dom sub like we you've entered a bubble where you are allowed to be completely submissive and you are expected to be completely submissive. And I feel like this like one of the 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 key things about I think being a good dom is having very clear expectations. And having those expectations and those, those requirements be worn on your sleeve at all times and also communicated effectively through the scene, you can't say with one hand, like, I require complete obedience, but you're not completely there. Like, if you're saying I require complete obedience, but actually, like, you're offering nothing in return, that is like there's a narrative dissonance there that just like the play and the and what you're saying don't work add up and like we live in a world where worlds are cheap so what matters is our actions so if you can get a guy on the table like dog especially (laughs) i fucking love that and it's just like right okay you are being inspected, I do it with Toka, and I brush up his face and tell him he's the finest cat I've seen in 35 years of judging. Oh. But but like with the dog, it's like okay, I see what I'm getting into. I can inspect his tail, like I can I can see. Okay, who's a good boy? Give you some pats. Pull a dog hood on, like collar on in that position. It's just like this is the place where your transformation happens. And you go back there at the end of the scene to break the scene, so it's like creating a transitional area, and like that's a really nice like thing as well when we took go back to like what we were talking about before with "I broke this it's like okay, if you've had a really hard play session and then you started off with this boy on all fours with a tight hole. And his dick twitching away down there. And, like, he was completely, like, cognizant of everything that was going on around him. And then when you come and take the hood off, and he's just mush. And he's covered in piss and cum. And his hole is just, like, hanging open like a bastion back door. Mm -hmm. Like... It's like that. I did this. Look at the change. This transitional moment allows you to take a moment and reflect, both as a Dom and the sub. It's also a great time for like some psychological head fucky play. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that because you've got them on the table and you can just like dirty talk and you can start that build up and you can like. I'm pretty sure that. It's a trick that almost every dom does, which is, like, we all know that subs largely are carbon copies of each other. <laughs> like, <there's laughs> like, like if you're into effect, like, if you're into chastity, there's a few things. There's, like, maybe two or three things that I know will hit every one of your butts. So from having chatted to you online and having to meet you in a cafe and just like chill chatted about things like I know what buttons are glowing bright red. And we can push them at that point that just like at that point they go, how did you know that? Oh, my God. It feels like, you know, all about me. You're in my head. And it's like, <laughs> great. We have this consensual back and forth where they know that, like, I'm not mind reading them, but they also don't know. And I know that I'm not mind reading them, but I adopt a role where I'm like, yeah, I see straight through you. You're, 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 you're like, get on that dirty talk wagon side of things. That, that As you can see, I get really excited about this because it's like my main thing to start a scene. Wow. It, and
0: again, it is that thing. Of... It breaks
1: hard. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs>
0: People don't know this is audio. <laughs> so
2: listeners i can see craig's face he's
0: blushing yes i am blushing a little
2: (laughs) oh i thought you said he was bluffing for a minute that you were trying to bait him into sending a pig or something but uh, (laughs) you're bluffing
0: hey listeners So we're going to have to leave it with me blushing because we have run out of time this month. Uh, We have part two, which is another full episode coming up next month. And that one's fun. We get into the darker stuff. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you. Thank you so much for supporting us. And I hope you'll enjoy next month's episode too.